The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, and see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he will be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Uh, click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there, so good morning. Good to see you guys. And while you're over there, please subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then we're also streaming live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Thank you to Michael Roach and his team for allowing us a spot on their platform. Uh, back to SonsLibertyMedia.com. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. That goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. All the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So we've got uh, you know a little bit of that going on Um that you can get there. So everything we talk about, all that's in the archive. You can get that at sonslibertymedia.com. Also, don't forget our store is available uh, here. Link at the top of the page, or you can get there directly by the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of it. The Sons of Liberty. Squarespace.com. We are promoting Bradley's the latest book. Uh, all the prophets are pointing to the front. It's ten dollars in our store. Soldier of the Cross is still there. It's ten dollars. We also have a, a bundle pack with the um, with the shirt with the artwork on it from Soldier of the Cross. Uh, the Soldier of the Cross book, and also a dog tag of your color, black or silver, beginning at $34. That's in the store, along with some other items there as well. Uh, so be sure and check that out. There's hats, there's t-shirts, there's books, there's DVDs, there's coffee mugs, there's, yeah, there's stuff in there at the store. Be sure to check it out. And again, you know, we, we put that out as conversation starters for you guys, educational tools. They're not really there to make us money. Because um, I think in many cases we break even or even lose something on that. But uh, so when you when you do donations, when you support us, 
uh, financially, that's really where you know keeps that's really what keeps us out there. But these are for you uh, to use in your daily encounters with other people. And for years, I even before Sons of Liberty, I you know I wore T-shirts uh, with certain messages on them. And uh, as a result of that, uh, it gave me great con- great conversations that I had with people to talk about you know certain issues and things like that. So I've been doing it long before I was with Sons of Liberty. Um, but even the shirts that I wear from Sons of Liberty, they do the same thing. They bring those kinds of, uh, those kinds of things up. Now, I, I just want to do this before I bring our guest on today. <clears throat> this is a video that's been kind of, I guess, going viral. The guys from First Responders Media uh, have picked up this short little clip. And I don't know who this guy is, but... He's apparently a legal alien with some other people who are here. And this guy, to me, you guys tell me what you think, but I don't think he is Central American. He might be, or South American. I, I don't think he is of Latino descent. He sounds like he sounds like somebody from the Middle East. That's just the accent I get. But I want you to listen uh, to the brazenness of what this guy is saying. I'm, I'm just uh, waiting on this thing to get through its ads. I probably have to listen to one more. Nope, I don't. Okay, so I want you to hear when this guy, he just, the, the reporter, all he's asked him is um, where he's from. And then I want you to pay attention to what this guy, what he says. Here it is. Check it out. Whoops, we're we're a little low on the volume. Hang on just one moment. Let me crank him up there. By the way, there if you are go. smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Very easy. The, the entitlement, the entitlement. Uh, no, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Do you see, do you see is there's this arrogance that's going on. You're, you're too stupid not to know who I am. You're not smart enough to know who I am, but you're going to know who I am pretty soon. That sounds like a veiled threat to me. Okay? That sounds like a veiled threat to me. I don't know who this guy is, but, um, but I'm going to say, ordinary Americans, you need to recognize this guy's face. And if he so much as sneezes in the wrong direction, you need to be there to deal with him. I'm just, I'm just saying... The guy's here. He has no business being here. Neither do his friends. Uh, they think they're they are entitled, just like the reporter was saying. And uh, this is an ongoing problem. I mean, it's a, it's a continual ongoing problem, and we're seeing it more and more. These guys who are down there on <clears throat> the front lines, down there at the uh, at the border, doing these reportings. I mean, they're going through some stuff. And then I saw the other night. Last night, actually, uh, I think it was a report by Tucker Carlson. He was going into some airport, and they've got it blocked off with this black stuff, uh, material. And he goes in, and there's like more than 100 people in this area who are immigrants. He says it stinks. They're living you know, in squalor. They haven't had baths, all this kind of stuff. And they're just being kept there at the airport. And then they went to a police department and they set up tents outside the police department for these guys. I mean, there was a comedian that used to say something like, here's your sign, right? It's kind of like for, for stupid people. Oh, is that your piano? No, we just thought we'd have our end table made with teeth in it. 
you know, and he goes, here's your sign, something like that. That's kind of how I feel with some of this stuff. Here's the sign, America. Look at what we're doing. Look at, look, even though the people are coming illegally, look at even how we treat them. We're not bringing due process. We're not going through justice in this. This is something different that's going on here. Okay? So it's, it's something completely different. But we are going to be talking about a foreign entity, <clears throat> namely China, working with American corporate fascists, I might add, uh, to come into the country and to, <clears throat> in this case, uh, put up an American company manufacturing, or, or, or the front group, it looks like an American company, it's really a Chinese company, uh, to manufacture batteries for American electric cars. And uh, when I was up in Michigan, I met a gentleman up there, and uh, he's been fighting against this. And I said, well, we need to bring you on to let people know exactly what they're doing. Because if they're doing it here, they're probably doing it in other parts of the country as well. And so it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty this morning, uh, Barry Wayne Adams. And Barry, good morning. Good to see you, man. Are you, wait, wait, just hang on just a second. Hang on. I got too many buttons that I'm clicking here. Okay. Are you there, Barry? I don't hear Barry. Okay. Uh, hang on just a second. I got it. There we go. Are you there, Barry? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, I had the wrong thing. Okay. I was, I'm, I'm having All to do right. too many buttons there. All right. Welcome yeah. to the Sons of Liberty, man. Buttons, buttons can be confusing. Yes, they. well, in, especially when you get to an issue to where uh, you're trying to do, you're, you're, you're wanting to, uh, see, I can't even do that. Uh, you're wanting to take and uh, bring in <clears throat> the... Uh, uh, the the right scene that you're wanting to show the video audience and your buttons aren't working so you've got to go move the cursor around you got to do it the old style but in any case it's great to have you and one of the things that you know we talked about up there in Michigan when you and I met was that you've been fighting for a long time against uh, an American company I'll let you name them uh, who are you said it's a front group for the communist Chinese and they're coming to set up a a battery plant there in Michigan. Uh, and we know that the communist Chinese, they basically take everything. Uh, whatever the people make, they give them enough to live on and they take everything else. So whatever a person, I mean, it's very, it's getting very close to some of what we, some of the people deal with here in the United States. So can you tell us a little bit, first tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. If you want to tell us about your YouTube channel as well, you can do that. And then uh, tell us what you've been doing here over a period of time dealing with this company? Okay. Uh, I'm Barry Wayne Adams. I live in Marshall, Michigan. I've been in town here for a good 30 years. Uh, but just in the past, uh, since the beginning of, two, of 2023, we've been bombarded with, with what seems to be a tactic being used across the country in destroying good farmland. Uh, typically, it's near uh, a uh, military facility, uh, and they're trying to use these different front organizations uh, to domesticize the electric vehicle battery uh, production uh, capacity 
but they're doing it using the technology from Chinese companies. So, uh, like in Marshall here, uh, the battery plant is supposedly, uh, you know, it may not even happen. We've been doing stuff and stuff has been happening worldwide, uh, particularly in terms of the catastrophic uh, imploding of the uh, electric vehicle market. Nobody wants to buy them because they're now realizing that they're rolling time bombs and there's all kinds of safety and toxicity issues. They aren't green. The whole, uh, you know, get an electric car and make the planet better stuff is, is a, a big hoax. But uh, in Marshall, Ford is supposed to be the actual maker of the batteries. But they license the uh, technology from a company called CATL Cattle, uh, which is a Chinese company which is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and they created this franchising relationship in order to create the illusion that it's actually a domestic enterprise, but uh, you know, Ford is nothing more than acting as a proxy for CATL and the CCP. Now, you know, Ford has had a long history of being a mercenary entity who will follow the money rather than follow any sort of, you know, moral principles or, uh, you know, siding with good versus evil. You know, the fundamental siding of good versus evil, they usually jump on the other side. Henry Ford got a, you know, the highest civilian medal that the uh, Nazi regime uh, had, and he was personally uh, given the medal by Hitler. So uh, they've got a long uh, history of uh, making opportunistic uh, advantage of uh, adversarial relationships. Yeah, or sleeping with the enemy. That sounds like what they're doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it was sold in the area as this is a Ford thing. This is all Ford. This is domestic. This is Ford. But uh, it's like, you know, the guy having a Domino's pizza place in town and saying that it's his business. You know, no, it's, it's Domino's. You're just, you know, given the chance to, to run it in your town. Uh, so, uh, they kind of did an ambush, uh, uh, set of tactics. Uh, the, uh, they created these front organizations. Now up in Lansing, they created a group, there's this group up there called MEDEC or Michigan Economic Development Corporation. And they, uh, have been given the job of funneling this taxpayer incentive funding large lumps of money. Uh, what went to Ford was like, it uh, started out at like $1.7 billion, and then after things started floundering, I think it's gotten up to $3.6 of taxpayer money, which is in complete violation of the Michigan Constitution. 
uh, Article 9, Section 18 of the Michigan Constitution specifically prohibits the use of public funding for private uh, enterprises, private interests. And how much but money is that? $300 million? Billion. With billion. A wow. $3.7 billion. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, it's over $1,000 for every individual, over $4,000 for a family of you know, of four, uh, and that, you know, and it's being, you know, the people up in the UP are, you know, kicking out money for this. Now it's being done under the pretense of, oh, we're, you know, there's some sort of job slump in the Marshall Calhoun County area, which there isn't at all. There's all kinds of jobs open all over the place. But, uh, you know, we're bringing jobs to the area. Well, as you know, as you get into the weeds about that uh, claim, you're finding out that the jobs that they're promising are $20 an hour jobs, which uh, because of the cost of living in Marshall itself, which is a a kind of a pricey uh, place to live because uh, Marshall is like the location where uh, all the moneyed people in Calhoun County uh, try to live, you know, it's a, it's a historical town, it's got lots of small town charm, uh, and that's one of the reasons why uh, a large group of people are fighting against this project, because uh, they've taken absolute, it has already been acknowledged as being the best farmland in the county, prime farmland. Uh, and it's been destroyed in order to, uh, you know, 3,000 acres. The total project is going to be 3,000 acres. Uh, even though Ford is only going to be using less than 1,000 uh, for the battery plant itself. And they were planning on having the other uh, 2,000 acres for peripheral uh industries, you know, that would be making things to, to ship over to the battery plant in the final assembly. <clears throat> but uh, Marshall is at the intersection of I-69 and I-94, you know, so from a transportation standpoint, that's a, a, a very opportune location. But, you know, you're driving stuff anyway, and there are all kinds of brownfield sites in Michigan from Ford and other automotive companies who, you know, uh, once the market started slumping on the, on a particular vehicle that they were building, they just pick up and leave. And Ford already has a history of environmental uh, degradation and irresponsibility in uh, cleaning up their messes. So, you know, there's all, there's all kinds of uh, reasons why the people in town don't want this, and a vast majority of the people don't want this in town. Uh, but you know what the the whole process was a it, it was it was almost like it's out of the movie The Sting. Uh, they you know they set up this front uh, organization, Mebeck up in uh, Lansing, to funnel the money to, and they're doing this all around the state. They're also fighting this kind of thing up in Big Rapids. They're fighting it over in uh, Genesee County. Uh, same thing down in the Detroit area. 
<clears throat> but uh, VNet funnels the money down to this uh, entity that was fictional entity specifically created to receive the money. You know, it's a picture catcher relationship. Uh, but by doing so, they're trying to circumvent this, you know, direct use of public funds for private purposes. However, uh, as we're going to be going down the line in litigation, we'll be bringing to, to the court the notion that the legislature or Whitmer cannot do indirectly what she cannot do directly. So, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a, if private people were doing this stuff, they could be hit for, you know, a federal RICO violation, racketeering influence, corrupt organization violation for money laundering. Uh, but, you know, since they're doing it under the umbrella of, you know, state action, uh, it's somehow uh, given a free ride. So they funnel this money down to MEDA. Uh, MEDA is uh, a group down here that is controlled by a guy who uh, and his cronies who are uh, part of the Marshall, was part of the Marshall Chamber of Commerce. That's one of the uh, side things. <clears throat> but Meta receives the money. Uh, the members of the board on Meta just so happen to also be on the uh, township, Marshall Township Council and the uh, Marshall City Council who uh, participate, who directly participated, you know, with a conflict of interest in the voting of these things into uh, action. So it's, it's hugely cronyistic, illegal, uh, and uh, Omega receives the money. Uh, they, they went and went over to the farmland area that, you know, it had been owned by, you know, families who had owned the farms for generations. They were uh, approached by a couple of guys representing NADA who uh, were, as we find out, who were intimidating, bullying, uh, kind of like uh, the state wants your land and everybody else is suing. So if you don't, you're just going to have your own little thing and there's going to be this big monstrosity around you, so you better get out too. Uh, they made all these people who signed, who got into, who sold the, their farm properties signed non-disclosure agreements, so they couldn't tell anybody at all that they had done this. <coughs> and they were so, using that, the NBA agreements that were used as an excuse in city council and township council meetings Hold on, hold on, hold on to that thought, Barry. I want to ask a question here. You've been fighting uh -huh. this for some time, and there's some other people alongside you. How long have you been fighting against this? Well, this this didn't come above the horizon until January. You know, okay. Now they're saying that oh, it's been in the planning for decades, and you know, even going back fifty years. But <laughs> everybody in town uh, was caught blindsided by it. And uh, we didn't really know about it until January, and then, you know, things came out of the woodwork. Uh, people started realizing what kind of a uh, scam was happening, and things got vocal. Now, so how, and let, me, let, me, let me clarify a little bit further. How many people are you working with against this? I mean, how many people, once they know what's going on, 
How many people are, are say, come alongside you and say, yeah, I'll help with whatever I can help in, in fighting this thing? How many people you got actually doing something there? Well, uh, it, it depends on how you want to gauge it. Now, when the referendum petition went around, 810 people in town signed it. Now, that was way over the 580 people that was required to sign it. Uh, but the court, by her devious machination uh, and you know misapplication of her official duties, uh, excised uh, 670 some of the signatures. So uh, she was only be able to present 130 some signatures uh, to the city council. So it wasn't granted a a certificate of sufficiency. But in terms of the, you know, there are 810 people in town who wanted to sign the petition. Uh, if you go to the different Facebook pages, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, uh, anyone who's interested, go to the different Facebook pages. There's one called Stop the Mega Site, Stop the Marshall Mega Site. That's a Facebook page. There's also uh, Stop the CCP Ford Marshall Mega Site. Uh, there's also Preserve Historic Marshall, Michigan, Stop the Blue Oval Factory. Uh, there are a number of different Facebook pages where people have uh, been uh, doing a very good job of chronicling uh, what's been going on. Uh, like to stop the CCP Ford Marshall Mega site, it has uh, 1,100 members on it. So, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of people uh, behind this, but the city council did everything, Marshall City Council did everything it could to prevent the issue of the rezoning to heavy industrial, which what it was necessary in order for the battery factory to go in. They had, it was previously uh, zoned uh, agricultural. And at the time the selling of the property to the, farm, to the farmers happened, it was promised that it would be kept at, uh, agricultural. Yeah. Now, did they, hold on. Now, did they get that in writing when that was said? Uh, we don't know because these are all NDA agreements. They're non-disclosure agreements, uh, uh, and we can't we can't find out what the particulars are. Well, now, well, okay, okay. So let's let's see if we can go back here just a little bit. So they have non-disclosure agreements with the farmers who sold them land, and the farmers. I get the non. I get that. But can't they can't disclose whether or not they sold uh, the land, knowing what was going on? It has been the non-disclosure agreement pretext has been used as the excuse, <coughs> excuse me, to keep from even talking about the details of, of how this process happened in yeah. the city council and township council meetings, where this was all voted voted in. You know, they voted this stuff in publicly, but. We can't talk about it because of NDA. But the voting, the Open Meetings Act says every bit of public business must happen in public. Incredible. So, I, mean, I mean, this is yeah, this is but, really incredible. And so, so you've been dealing with it. Now, here's what I want to ask: When you, I'm sure you spoke with the judge. You spoke with some people in here. When you when when you know that billions of dollars. Uh, from the people are going to this thing 
And you point to the the Michigan Constitution, you go, wait a minute, guys, you're not supposed to be doing this, and you're doing it by the billions. You're not funneling 20 bucks over here to the side or something, even though that would be wrong, too. Uh, but you're funneling billions of the people's money into what is put forward as an American company, but it's really a Chinese front group uh, for for making the communist Chinese a lot of money. Uh, you you put that, oh, you put that before them. What do they say? That, but what do they say uh, to you, Barry? It's my understanding that the CCP is the majority shareholder in Ford stock. I, I get that. But what did the people who, who are supposed to uphold the law, the judge... The cops, whoever whoever's involved here, what do they say when you say, "Wait a minute, you're violating the constitute the the Michigan Constitution here and taking the people's money and spending"? What do they say to you about that? Uh, I have mentioned this numerous times at both uh, city council meetings, <coughs> me. and township council meetings. Uh, and the response is during the headlights. We aren't going to say anything. Now, at one time, I did go into a, a much more detailed, because I read from case law saying uh, public contracts uh, that benefit private interests are void. You know, there's a, I think it's Keston Baum versus Michigan State University or something. I have to remember it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can draw that up right now. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing. I, I, I agree with you. And we talk about things that are repugnant to the Constitution or null and void, too. And yet they run roughshod all over it. And the only pe- the only means of stopping them, it seems, because of the corruption in the courts, as well as in the executive branch, and uh, even in the legislative branch, it seems the only means to stop any of this anymore are the people. And this was something we talked about uh, that last night I was up there I, I, when I met you with the militia, the men to be able to enforce the law. And I, I just, I don't see any way around that, Barry, because these people, you can, it's like what you said, you can tell them, here's what the law says. You are openly violating it. And they just go, oh, we're just going to keep on doing it. Thank you very much, little peasant. We're going to keep doing what our masters are telling us to do because they're feeding us. And uh, you'll just have to deal with it. And if you want to come after us, you know, try your luck, try your hand at that. And uh, in, instead of, you know, doing what the Lord tells you to do, and that is to bring justice by keeping his commands, his statutes, and his judgments, uh, the, the, the people will sit down. But you're saying there's quite a bit of people. I mean, I'm going to tell you, if you got a thousand people there who are aware of that in your town, that's a, that's a good number to be working with. Yeah, and... Uh... We have a regular protest about the issue uh, on uh, Wednesday afternoons and uh, uh, Wednesday afternoon, three thirty to five thirty, and Saturdays uh, noon to two. <clears throat> and uh, we, you know, we get a bunch of us. Uh, you know, usually can be. Uh, there's been up to forty people uh, at the protest, but usually it's you know between you know three and six or seven. Uh, but uh, we go, we set up signs around the circle, uh, and you know we're there waving at uh, car, passerby cars and whatnot. And the overwhelming majority of cars that drive by, thumbs up, honks, approving honks, uh, you know resistance, pumping resistance fists, uh, you know AOKs, 
you know, rolling down the window, keep the fight up. Uh, we're with you. We support you. Don't give up. Right on. Uh, you know, it, it's very support. People do not want this monstrosity being brought into the area. People who live in Marshall live in Marshall because it's a quaint, small town, and that's the way they like it. I mean, uh, if, you know, we're three-quarters of the way from, three-quarters of a mile away from cornfields, you know, in the town. And uh, Calhoun County is primarily an agricultural county anyway. Uh, you know, most of its uh, economic activity is uh, in just in farms. And we consider that to be the value. I mean, it, 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 it's not a huge, you know, multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, big dollar enterprise, but it makes food for people. And, you know, Battle Creek is the place where the uh, uh, natural foods movement started. So, uh, you know, there's a long history of, you know, of a loyalty towards, you know, agriculture and the agricultural production. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing, Barry. <laughs> if, if these, if the people there, I mean, if the guys who are, you know, at the city council, if they had any sense of it, and I think this is part of the problem. You know, the Bible talks about uh, God in judgment. God takes those who are in authoritative positions and he puts them in a drunken stupor. They, they, they can't think logically. And if these guys could think logically, what they would see is they're handing over uh, an entire right. area to a foreign entity, which is, by the way, part of God's judgment. I mean, this we've talked about this yeah. many times. This is Deuteronomy 28. This is what it says here yeah. in verse 43. Oh, been, hang, hang, on, hang on a second. They, they, the strain, they hang, have hang been thoroughly informed Barry, about Barry, their Barry. violations of the law of Yahweh. Barry, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Hang, on, hang, on, hang on a second. This is what it says. The stranger that is within thee, that's the foreigner shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. And why is that? Well, God tells us, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord, that is Yahweh, thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his, at the, which he commanded thee. So, you know, when we're seeing this, Barry, one of the things is, is we got to keep in, in mind, these things are not just happening because men devise a scheme here. These things are happening to us because as a people and as a majority, as a collective, We've departed from the Lord. We don't want to keep His commands. We don't want to keep His statutes. We don't want to keep His judgments. In fact, much of the professed church hate His commands, His statutes, and His judgment. And they go, oh, the death penalty? Oh, man, I'm totally against that. They're totally against what they're, the God they say they love and they serve. They're, they're completely against what He said to do in these matters, to deal with these traitors and a, a variety of other criminals who break His law. They're against that, and so they invite the judgment of God upon themselves. That's the whole historicity of the Bible yes. process. Yep. And it shows, you know, the, the example of the Hebrew people, which, uh, because they did not follow the law of Yahweh, got enslaved into Babylon, and then that's when they became the Jewish people and got corrupted by the Talmud and all that stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and it's happening here. 
and they're being you know they are being thoroughly advised of what they're doing but they seem to be indifferent they are so somehow charmed you know almost you know bewitched into thinking that you know the promise of oh jobs and <clears throat> and you know they, while they're doing this they're getting photo ops with governor whitmer and you know the big string pullers up at you know conferences up on mackinac and stuff like that so uh you know they and they've been informed you know you guys are the money lovers you know you're in you know your money loving is corrupting your decision making but uh yeah like, you know we've got a lot of people doing different things but uh right now uh, the main the main focus is what's been going on with the committee's lawsuit uh, against the city and the clerk for the denial of the referendum, and that just got uh, that they brought in this special guy from Muskegon, Judge Marietti, uh, who was obviously brought in as a hitman, and he really had to struggle. That the case went through in the circuit court for a good eight months. <clears throat> now at the beginning of the case. Uh, other people who have their fingers in this pie uh, tried to jump in as third-party interveners. Uh, uh, Meta did, but they got in because they are the purported owners of the land. Uh, but Ford tried to get in. Uh, that Nubeck group tried to get in. Uh, this artificial group that was created, uh, and here, here's another part of the story, Go to go to the Facebook pages, those Facebook pages, Marshall Megasite Facebook pages, and you'll go into detail. It's been very chronicled. But uh, the city on May first uh, voted in, in spite of a seven-hour-long meeting, where ninety percent of the people coming up to the podium said, "We do not want this. Get out of here. We don't want Ford." Uh, they went ahead and voted it in with no public debate. You know, okay, it's time for, uh, we're done with public comment. Who wants to vote on it? Everybody vote, boom, there it is. No public debate, ran it right through. So it was obviously a premeditated thing. <clears throat> uh, and they went so far as to, at the, you know, it was like a magician's trick. At the end of the meeting, after all this negative input, from uh from the locals you know these were people who were actually voters and stuff city voters uh the mayor uh during the you know time for public debate there was no public debate and all he did was hold up a stack of letters saying i've got 108 letters for the mega setting or for the rezoning and i've got a, a nine letters uh, against the rezoning. So it's obvious to me that the actual overwhelming sentiment of the city is uh, uh, for the project. And they wrote it through. <coughs> well, it wow. took a while. And we just got a hold of them last week, uh, even though they were just trying to, to get a hold of them and they tried to turn it into a, a FOIA request. You know, and uh, so in making a FOIA request, they put this exorbitant estimate on it. It's gonna, the first time we did it, it was a $117 estimate to you know, see some documents that should all be in one place. 
but you know they gave us an estimate it's going to take eight hours to find all this stuff and then you know all this money for copies and blah, blah, blah. well i never followed through with it because I, I was trying to rely on another michigan statute which allows for personal physical inspection of documents down at the at the clerk's office but they every time i sent them this request they come back and oh well this is a FOIA request and the first time i did it was 117 dollar request second time i did it a request for the same thing it was 137 dollars now it's going to take 10 hours to find all these documents but uh i got a hold of uh going on a little sidebar here i got a hold of the michigan state police uh and inform them of this and start of the statute which says that we can come down to do it and, and uh come down and physically inspect documents and if they do not provide facilities for doing that if a public official does not uh allow for that to happen then they are guilty of a, of a misdemeanor a one year in jail and ten thousand dollar fine so i put all this information to michigan state police it took them like six weeks to spread through it but they finally got back to me and said uh put in a request uh and and i so i wrote a request made sure i put right at the top this is a not a FOIA request <clears throat> asking for public inspection i gave it put the language of the statute in it and uh there's a michigan state supreme court case on it burton versus tweet uh t-u-i-t-e uh which says that um uh, a city has no private records everything is open to the public and it has to be provided without cost so at the last city council meeting, I said, I gave them notice, you know, on the public record, we're going to come down and, and look at these documents and we want the entire packet for uh, the May 1st thing. We went down there uh, the next morning and it was right there waiting for us. So we went in, we had a smart, you know, one of the guys had a smartphone and we photographed all the documents and, and you can find them, go, go to, uh, it was a CCP page, uh, stop the, for, the CCP Ford uh, Megasite page, or the stop the Marshall Megasite page, and you can get the link to view those documents. <clears throat> In viewing those documents, you know, the mayor said 108, uh, 49 against. We went through and there were 20 against, and there were less than 20 that were actually for, that were actually written by real people. The rest of them, were this boilerplate copy and paste thing, same same language, letter after letter after letter after letter, uh, with you know a name scribbled in, you couldn't tell, you didn't tell who it was. Now the mayor gave more weight to those uh, bogus letters than they did to actual signatures of city voters and qualified voters on the referendum petition. So. You know, this is all being challenged in the circuit court. Marietti, the judge, at the onset of the case, these these defendant groups tried to jump in as interviewers. Marietti very rightly said, no, you don't have standing here because this is an election issue amongst the, uh, the city and the voters. You know, Ford doesn't have any say in how your city voters can vote or not or any of these other contrived fictional entities that are uh we were just brought into brought into existence in order to be 
litigative parties against anyone who wants to try to challenge this stuff in court. Yeah. Let me ask uh, you Let me ask you a question here, Barry. Uh, and this ties um, in with, uh, it looks like you've got like a three-part series here about how the United States is a corporate fascist state deal. Do you see that yeah. impact on this very thing? Because I do, because you brought in the, the yeah. Michigan State Troopers. We know they've yeah. threatened Mike Bambus. He's going to be on later this, this week, Lord willing. Yeah. Uh, they've threatened him just because he wanted to serve papers to Governor Whitmer up there, and yeah. he wanted to do that. They wanted to deal with him. That seems to me like there's a there's a protective status there. That I mean, they told him they were going to shoot him if he even approached her with papers. He, he was armed with papers, people. And this is what the Michigan yeah. State Police. I te- I'm telling you, they're agents of the state. They're not your friends. They're not your buddies. They're agents of the state. So, do you think this yeah, corporate you, fascism? You, do you think this corporate fascism? And, and, and watch those videos. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, all of do that you th- would be, do all you of that think- would be explained to you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do you Barry, hang on a second. Uh, hang on a second. Let me ask yeah. you the question. Do you think that what you're dealing with is a part of what you're talking about there of corporate fascism? That's what I want to know. Absolutely. Okay. You know, 1,000%, 10,000%. Yeah. You know, I'm going to... How many thousands of percent do you want me to agree with? No, that? I mean, 100% yeah, yeah. is good. I, did, I, did, I wanted to hear it from you because you're talking about these things, and I see it too. I see the same thing. Yeah. My, video, my videos on my YouTube channel go into a, you know, a very dry technical discussion as to how the Constitutional Republic has actually been converted into a system of corporate fascism. Yep. Precisely a de facto corporate fascist police state administered by martial rule. Each of those words mean something. Go to my YouTube channel, I'll explain it. This has been brought into court many times. Not only, you know, the government doesn't dispute it, other attorneys don't dispute it, police don't, don't dispute it. They know this. They know that they are operating unconstitutionally at the most fundamental level. But it's kind of a the cult of blackmail uh you're in the group now uh if you step out and try to be a whistleblower or whatever that's it for you or your family you know so uh, it's a the whole system even up to the thing that's happening globally has been co-opted by this evil satanic cult uh, which manifests itself through various various forms but they're you know it's like a you know the uh, army of the Hydra, you know, uh, or an octopus. It's a many tentacled uh, creature, uh, and it uh, gets us from from all sides. Uh, we're, we're coming at us uh, through the public education system, through these indoctrination programs, uh, legally through uh, uh, the uh, control of the uh, judicial system by the cult called the Bar. Uh, medically through the uh, AMA and, and those groups. Uh, all, the, all these are aspects of the uh, corporate fascism that has uh, pervaded into America. You know, this is, this is what we have to realize. I mean, we're, we're, it's supposed to be impercipient. It's supposed to be something that is beyond being readily perceived. But once you start seeing the signs of it, uh, then uh, you'll start seeing it everywhere. 
And, you know, the fact that we're under martial law, as, you know, a, quali- a form of martial law called qualified martial law or martial rule. But the symbol of that is, uh, and this is where it carries heel. There's a thing called the law, at international law, called the law of the flag. And it says that every government entity, a legitimate government entity, has to display the nature of their authority uh, while they're exercising it. So in America, the Stars and Stripes flag with the gold fringe around it and then, you know, either the eagle or the spear point and the knotted gold cord hanging down from it, that is the symbol of martial law. Specifically, it is the symbol of the president acting as commander-in-chief of the military or the imperator or commander-in-chief, yeah. Same thing with back in Nazi Germany with Hitler acting as Führer. The actual title was Führer in Prospecte, or the first leader. You know, same thing as Commander-in-Chief. Same thing over in uh, fascist Italy with Mussolini. He was El Duce, the leader. <clears throat> so, uh, it, you know, it's, all of, it's the Roman system, just like the Bible said. It's the continuation of the... And the Roman system was actually the Babylonian system. Because uh, it goes back to the originally, you know, Genesis chapter 10 and, uh, you know, the uh, creation of the Babylonian Empire, which has crept through through various forms, as it says in the book of, of Daniel, up till now. And, the you know, we're now in a revived Roman system. Uh, you know, Hitler tried to do it, but uh, he didn't get that far. But now it seems like, you know, the full capacity for going global are now happening. Uh, specifically with this uh, agenda of the World Economic Forum, who Governor Whitmer uh, is a uh, a happy disciple. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are disciples of the World Economic Forum. This guy, you know, I I, I got to tell you guys, the guy down in Argentina, uh, the fact yeah, he's un, the fact that he's unkempt. You know, he's unkempt. He reminds me of these guys out of England. They don't even know how to brush their hair or something. I mean, it just. If a guy can't take care of himself and brushing his hair, I don't care. He's saying some great things. He really is. That's, but called, then the he, South, that's called the South American Comover. That's right. And he's the guy who's there at the World Economic Forum, you know, tearing them down. They say, Klaus Schwab walked out. Guys, that's all WWE. It's all a show for you uh, into, into what's going on. They all get into power, they all get into power professing their... That's right. You know, yeah, they're being against the global system. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They, yes, they do. They do all of that. They do all of that, Barry. So here's the thing. We're, we're at about four minutes here that we've got. Tell us where things are right now and what you're expecting here in the future, maybe how soon or how late. Uh, can you tell us kind of okay, where things Ma- are there? Mar- Marietti, after Judge Marietti in the circuit court, after eight months of litigation, he was able to... Uh, dismiss parties right, you know, defendant parties right at the very beginning for uh, for lack of standing. He goes eight months uh, in the case uh, and also allows the plaintiff uh, committee to uh, actually uh, refile their complaint, amend and refile their complaint, and then he ends up dismissing it because of lack of standing of the plaintiff. Took him eight months to figure that out, but actually it was kind of a pompous, it was kind of a Pontius Pilate thing. He just wanted to wash his hands of it because he knew that he wasn't going to get away with anything and he just wanted to uh, kick it out of his arena. So it's now going up to the Court of Appeals and there's high, very high optimism that they will be uh, prevailing in the Court of Appeals. 
So, uh, but but there are other, you know, this issue just deals with the referendum election issue. There are many, many other issues. This Article 9, Section 18, you know, corporate welfare stuff. That's, that can still be addressed, depending on what happens. But if things go right in the Court of Appeals, everything can be stopped and, it, and things set back to zero. Because the Court of Appeals should be ruling that the ordinance that the city tried to pass, the rezoning ordinance, and where they put an impermissible appropriation onto it, Hmm. that it actually is not a good from the beginning. So it, it never was appropriately rezoned. So if that's the case, then, you know, Ford's out, everything stops. <clears throat> but if somehow, you know, because there's big money behind this, and they're really, you know, fudging around the law to try to make excuses that this is, this is legitimate. Well, can but, I, let me, uh, let me it, ask you, let me ask you. Be done. But people, people who are listening, uh, you can contribute yep. to to the legal fund. Let me let uh, me, the committee committee for motion not the mega site. Okay, let me ask you a quick question here, and that is, if you are able to shut this down, if Ford or whoever is the title owner of that land, do you have any sense of are they just going to hold on to it and they're just going to come back a year later, six months later, when everybody kind of thinks, oh, we've had a victory. Are they going to, do you perceive they're going to come back and they're going to keep trying to push this through? You're going to be in a battle to the day you die on this? Or do you see something much more solid? Uh, well, uh, I think uh, after a positive resolution from the Court of Appeals, the city will know that they can't try to pull this again. And, uh, and you know, we're in the process of getting the recall going of the existing city council. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're going to be out on the curb and we'll get people in there who are, you know, actually going to do what they should be doing. Okay. All right. That's, well, and that's a, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm glad for that. I, I hope it's not going to be an ongoing thing, but I know how persistent and how patient, uh, communists and socialists are. Uh, we see that oh, within. We see that within our own government. In the same manner. Yeah, we we see it in our own government, and so I know the people are in an uphill thing. I want to take time here just for a second, uh, Barry, and just point people over. I'm going to take you over here. This is a Barry's YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and you just put in Barry Wayne Adams, Barry Wayne Adams, you'll come up with his YouTube channel. He's only got six videos, but uh, I would recommend especially listening to his things on corporate fascism. Uh, take a listen to that, and then he's also got a couple other videos you can check out. Also, the uh, Marshall, uh, the Stop the CCP Ford Marshall mega site, that's on Facebook here. Um, I'll have the link in the archive later on this morning, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, if you guys want to join that and uh, you want to be a part of that, you can do that. Um, I'm sure they would appreciate it, and obviously there will be some other things that you deal with us there. Uh, Bradley, be with you at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And Lord willing, we're going to be back with you in the morning. The Common Core diva Lynn Taylor is going to join us. Don't miss it. Talk to you then.